0: Man, I am funny. <laughs> Check this now. Look yes. at this. She said let them eat cake.
1: Hello and welcome to the Meet Your Heroes podcast. My name's Elliot.
0: And I'm Audrey.
1: And this is the time when we ignore the wisdom of our forefathers and meet our heroes and get to know what complex figures they really were.
0: They are complex indeed. Indeed.
1: Yes. Uh, Overwhelmingly complex shorthand for sociopaths.
0: You know, some of them are, some of them are. I would argue today's featured anti-hero is not a sociopath. You say
1: anti-hero. You don't don't think the meet your heroes, this is actually the hero.
0: I mean, I think um, to the everyday person, The people we talk about have very potentially heroic qualities. We might think of them as important figures in history. But, um, you know, I think unpacking them a little bit, they have some sort of anti-hero elements. Uh, A lot of things happen by chance. um, And a lot of their misdeeds go unspoken. So, yeah, maybe anti-hero sometimes.
1: Okay, well then kick us off.
0: All right. So... Picture this. The year is 1765. You and your 15 brothers and sisters are living pretty carefree. Your parents are Holy Roman Emperor Francis I and Empress Maria Theresa. The Seven Years' War has just ended, and your country's alliance with France is hanging on by a thin thread. Your mom, um, a notorious puppet master of the region is pretty concerned about this precarious relationship. And she decides the very best solution is to marry you off to the future King of France. You spend a few more years uh, in your home in Vienna. You're like 11, 12, 13. You've got a tutor who has come to to France or come from France to teach you French and has uh, begun your training as the future queen. You are considered to be, quote, unquote, more intelligent than has been generally supposed, but also rather lazy and extremely frivolous, thus hard to teach. You are, of course, Marie Antoinette.
1: Oh, Marie Antoinette.
0: What do you know about Marie Antoinette?
1: Uh, She let them eat cake. Or rather, she said, let them eat cake.
0: She did not say that. What? She did not. Oh. That has been misquoted to her for years, but the sentiment of it rings true. It's
1: nothing. It's nothing real in this (laughs) life. (laughs) Nothing is
0: sacred. Nothing at all. So anyway, you're Marie Antoinette. You turn 15. You set out for France to be married. You are escorted by 57 carriages.
1: Wow.
0: 117 footmen.
1: That's a lot. Okay.
0: I mean, you need a lot of carriages, I guess, it's, for that many footmen, it's an entourage. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And 376 horses.
1: That, let's be real. Nobody needs, nobody needs 50 horses.
0: That's a good dowry, though. 100? You show up with nearly 400 <laughs> horses as a 15-year-old.
1: 400 horses. That's like a Dodge Charger we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: a Dodge Charger. You show up with so... You can tow so much if you can get those 400 horses in a line... Um, so yeah, you are Marie Antoinette. Life is pretty good when you're a teenager. I want to have a little caveat before we start describing all of the unfortunate decisions (laughs) this woman made. Um, I have a little more sympathy for the women that I have researched so far. Okay. Do you? Do you have any sympathy for these women?
1: I mean, right now, if I can think of famous women in history... That don't seem very sympathetic.
0: (laughs) Marie Antoinette is pretty close to the top of the list. She's pretty close, right? And so, you know, yes, her actions were often just as terrible as men. Um, And we're going to find out that she puppet mastered a whole lot of terrible things. Okay. I just think most of these women have a lot less agency than some of the men we featured Sure. For example, the Columbus, the Napoleons, the like men who decide that this is theirs to conquer. Right. Marie Antoinette had eight siblings or eight sisters. Any number of them could have been married off to the king.
1: Wait, so it was not like a a given thing that it was She was like not like just first in line.
0: No, she was the 15th of 16 children.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: their ages matched up, but I'm not really sure, like, age was the most important thing back then for from, political marriages. From what I've
1: heard, uh, political marriages, especially before now, uh, actually up to present day, age matching age does not seem to be a big factor.
0: Right. And so I feel a little sympathy in that she is a bit of a product of circumstance, Um. But we know, as far back as, like, 11, she was lazy and frivolous and hard to teach. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, like, if you're growing up where you're just the kind of person who has a 400-horse entourage, I feel like, you know, there's not a lot you had to really work for. Sure. Maybe not a habit she built early.
0: It's not a habit, right? So I think of Marie Antoinette not necessarily as, like, setting out to starve millions of people, Mm -hmm. but... Regardless, she ended up starving millions of okay,
1: people. Okay, so yeah. So, you know,
0: right? <laughs> you get there one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Um. So a little history. As I mentioned, she's the 15th of 16. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1755, okay. um, just to situate us um, as we move throughout the years and things that happen. Her birth name was actually Marie Antonia Josepha Joanna, or Joanna. She was apparently very beautiful, fair-skinned, delicate, but also lazy and indulgent, which I just can't see going wrong in her future,
1: yeah, yeah right, exactly,
0: right. So she was married to King Louis the Sixteenth. Um, she was actually married to him while he was a prince. Her father-in-law, King Louis the Fifteenth, was still in power when they were married. Um, she was fifteen, he was sixteen, so she marries the prince marries him. Her and her four hundred horses show up. The prince is um an imbecile. He's just uh, an idiot from the jump. Okay. He's shy and awkward. And Marie uh, apparently spends the first few weeks of their marriage charming her father-in-law. Just like, giving like, good graces. Ignore this clown. Yeah, he's, yes. He's
1: pointless. Yeah. Okay.
0: She's also miserable. She hates it. She writes home to her mother constantly about being homesick and all the burdens that are placed on her, like, having to put on makeup in front of other people, right? She has this royal court that's like helping her do things. Yes. Um Yeah,
1: world's most violent here, right? Right,
0: right, 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 right. Yeah. Um first world problems before there were like first world problems. Yes. Uh she really preferred the frivolous life of being a fifteen of being the fifteenth in line to the throne. Right? She had all this glory, all this wealth, all of this luxury no expectations
1: wait so being a royal and being 15 of 16 she gets all the wealth none of the work even just being married to a prince who's like next in line she's like that job is too much this job is too much okay okay got it got it (laughs) she (laughs) hates it
0: hates all of it um unfortunately it's all downhill from here yes By the time she's 19, her father-in-law dies. Um, Tuberculosis, smallpox, questionable, some disease. So, like, only married a couple years. Young and died, yes. She's been married a few years. Her husband is now the king. Um, And... That makes her the queen, right? She's the queen. Okay. Not only is she a miserable 19-year-old queen, she hates her husband. Or she, like, tolerates him. They're very, very different people. I don't know if you've seen Sophia Coppola's Marie Antoinette with Kirsten Donston um, Schwartzman. Adam Schwartzman, is that his name? I don't think I've seen it. Um, it's kind of like that. Okay. He's uh, bumbling and introverted and shy, and she. Uh, She is not.
1: She's really drinking the royal life in for all it's worth, it seems like.
0: Yeah, well, so to be fair, she's young. She's essentially the age of a sorority girl. Mm -hmm. She has all of this responsibility. Her husband sucks. And um, at one point, she's quoted as saying that her greatest fear is being bored.
1: Wow. I honestly, I don't know if uh, she seems like she might be... um... (sighs) A little spoiled.
0: Yeah, so this is a fear that she keeps at bay with reckless spending and a lavish lifestyle, masquerade balls, starting her days at 11 p.m., Got sleeping it. until noon, right? Just um, nothing she- going out at 11. Yes, except she barely wakes up in time to start her day at 11. She does parties all night. Wait, 11 p.m. or a.m.? Oh, p.m., yeah, yeah, yeah. She gambles all night, parties all night, surrounds herself with a social elite, um, and rarely includes the company of her husband. You might have guessed that (laughs) being promised off to a 12-year-old when you're 11, having to marry him a few years later maybe not the best recipe for um, true love.
1: Although, I gotta say, if you're in, what's this, 18th century France at this point, 1700s, and uh, you got that much money, you could have worse coping skills, right? You could, Sounds like at least fun ones.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Um, They have some coping skills, right? Uh, Their early relationship was very, very tepid. Um, He was very fond of her, apparently, because she was smart and charming and beautiful. Um, and he actually never took a mistress at the time, if you can believe this. This
1: is like a big thing for a so very big thing. Kings he of never, France. Okay.
0: Yep. They also did not consummate their marriage for seven years. Seven years. So he is this like teenager, young twenty-something, not getting laid. Yes. Not taking a mistress. Really finds time to quote unquote tinker with locks. I don't know. Okay. Apparently that's the thing he did. Man, he seems like a nerd. Big nerd.
1: <laughs> your dad's a king. You get married off to the hot sorority girl, and then she has just got your money and has nothing to do with you.
0: Yes. So they don't consummate their marriage. Um, puppet master mom from Austria hears of this, sends over older brother to fix this situation between uh, Marie and Louis. Yeah, it works. Apparently, um, upon his return, Joseph, her older brother, brings Puppet Master Mom a thank you note from the couple. Oh. And it works. They have a daughter that year. That, wait,
1: I mean, so I'm guessing we don't have a lot of details on what the older brother does, but hopefully nothing more than, like, a really encouraging, really awkward
0: pep talk to the king here? Yeah, Best case scenario.
1: Yeah. Best yeah. case.
0: They're living in separate palaces at this point on the same ground. So. Okay. I don't know what he had to arrange. Um, but they have a daughter, uh, Marie Therese Charlotte that year. So it's 1778 mm-hmm. at this point. Um, the queen is 23. Things are going better. Um, they will eventually have three children. Okay. Uh, a daughter and two sons. The oldest, which we're not going to cover too much, but the oldest dies of tuberculosis a few years later. They have a second child who is the heir apparent.
1: Heir and a spare.
0: Heir and a spare, right? And then once Um, one dies,
1: get another spare.
0: (laughs) It's going to be hard when you're not boning your wife to get a spare.
1: But enough. I mean, if they had three, right? It sounds like like the legally required minimums here. (laughs) That's where we're (laughs) at.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, so they've got... A daughter, a son two years later. It's the early 1780s. Okay. We're moving along, right? So they've been married for 15-ish years. Marie Antoinette has begun losing public favor. Uh, France's economy was sliding into a recession. There was a drought and a poor harvest, which made grain prices skyrocket. This is the let them eat cake. They don't have bread. Uh, the monarchy... But conti- you just
1: kind of breezed over that part.
0: We're Yeah, this is that time period. Okay. Because of the grain prices, this is why we start to see, like, people are starving. This isn't, like, a um, food shortage in general. There's, sure. like, no bread. There's
1: no bread. And, pe- and the story is people came to her and they're like, mm-hmm. we have no bread to give to the people. What should we do? Mm-hmm. And the story, again, is that she says either... It's not clear to me whether the story is that she's saying this sarcastically, like most people read it, or if she's saying it because she's so clueless. But she's like, oh, if they don't have bread, let them eat cake.
0: So... Most historians would argue that that was very uncharacteristic of her. She would never say that. She actually rejoiced in being thought of as of doing good deeds. Um, what we will learn <laughs> soon is that her. Um, the reason she's an antihero is not because of some callousness. It's because she's selfish and lazy. Hmm. So they'll let them eat cake quote can actually be traced back to kings before. So Louis XIV's wife, um, a queen from Spain, at some point she said something about this. It just gets attributed to Marie Antoinette because of the um, social unrest and what was at the time known as pamphleteering, which was just like passing out uh, pamphlets of propaganda. And so they attributed all of these terrible things that had been said that were in the zeitgeist to her.
1: You are really desperate to tweet, but it's 1780 and (laughs) you don't have anywhere to do it. What do you do? You write your tweets on paper and you just stand on the corner and hand them to people. And you hand them out (laughs) and you're
0: like, man, I am funny. Check this now. Look at this. She said, let them eat cake.
1: Doesn't matter if it's true. Believe it or not, there are some, there are some, I, hard to believe, there are some tweets out there that are not true.
0: Right. And it turns out
1: it's not a new problem.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Okay, got it. So, but all this stuff is happening, right? Mm-hmm. So people are starving. There's not enough grain. They're still taxing their citizens um, primarily to help fund the American Revolution. Yeah. So they really want to undercut Britain. They want to be the like powerful European region. They're like, fuck you, Great Britain. We're giving money to America. Helps us out a whole bunch. Yeah,
1: Long-standing rivalry. America's, thanks, France. Appreciate that. Really Dude, this appreciate solid. it
0: there but France now has like no money except the money that's being hoarded by the monarchy. He starts giving Marie whatever she wants. He said no boundaries. He lets her build a new 6 million dollar castle for her and her lover.
1: Wait, wait. oh she's we he to no lovers. She she has one. Just one. Okay. Just one. But he's like let me build you and this dude a house.
0: Basically. Wow. So he's just not setting boundaries. He's you know, uh, making folks in the royal court jealous and uncomfortable with this spending. So they I'm start... uncomfortable
1: just by how cool is with this arrangement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they start spreading gossip, okay. insider information. This would be what um, a gossip magazine today would say, sources say. Got
1: it. Right? Literal palace intrigue here.
0: Literal palace intrigue. So, um, and and the gossip wasn't untrue, right? So they're out there talking about the queen moving her lover... Count Axel von Fursen into a room above hers.
1: Axel is his name.
0: Count Axel. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, just from saying. From Sweden. Yes. Um, And so they were sharing this information. I'm gonna they imagine
1: were... him with tattoos, just, just so we have that clear.
0: Great. <laughs> Great. So many tats. He's just yes. like the tatted-up lover. Um, they're also talking about the amount of money that the queen is gambling and spending on things like her annual order of 300 new dresses.
1: Wait, this is true?
0: These are all true things. These are not untrue. So, it's it's gossipy in that it's gossip, but it's also real. Okay, so they know people
1: are struggling. They know there's not much food Mm -hmm. she's not really cutting back on the 300 dresses a year thing.
0: She's cutting back on other things. Like instead of building like a $10 million palace, it's a $6 million palace.
1: Got it. I'm getting the sense that that's not going to still be okay with people.
0: It's not. And so they're at Versailles, right? They're secluded. They are immune to this economic, these economic challenges. They don't have to deal with it. They don't have to deal with it. Um, King Louis knows about it because he's, governing the land um and marie antoinette just refuses to change her lifestyle right um and
1: he's not exactly the kind of guy that's telling her no it seems like
0: he's not telling her no when he, i also he, don't think, I think she's he, asking for a lot of permission to do things sure yeah
1: but like if he's inviting axel into the new house, but it's not like he's gonna like step up and and put an end to this
0: he's not and you know in fairness at the time um it is recorded that Marie did give to some charity, and um, when this young boy was gored by a a bull, she let him live there while he recovered. So those are the acts of compassion that are attributed to her at the time. Sure. Okay. But what we also know is that, obviously, her acts of compassion had some limits, and those limits seem to be at the edges of personal sacrifice. Okay. Um, so, like, oh, this little boy got hurt.
1: Let him stay here. Versus mm-hmm. don't get 300 dresses and, like, actually cut the taxes on the people who are struggling to
0: eat. Sure. Okay. Six of one, really. <laughs> right Right? Um, she was also to, this is really what got folks, an adamant protector of the monarchy and vocally a opposed to this like growing call for some sort of democracy even like a constitutional monarchy where they were just figureheads
1: because they were paying for this whole fight against britain with the americans Mm -hmm. like starting this new democracy and Mm -hmm. i I happen to know a lot of the americans were like look there's some french thinkers over there that are saying like this is the way to go Mm -hmm. but they've still got their king and queen and people are not happy about it
0: that is exactly right and so um what ends up happening Is that because her husband is a dimwit, Hmm. uh, Marie, who originally fought this at every turn, ended up having to become very politically savvy. And she got involved in a number of royal proceedings. She was still very frivolous and primarily concerned with herself and her children and the outcomes such that they pertain to her comfort. Um, But in the same way her mother had, she succeeded at becoming a puppet master. So she was like puppet mastering royal alliances and interpersonal relationships, um, all in service of protecting the monarchy, not in service of like stopping the starvation of her people. Um it seems at this time King Louis XVI was still a wet mop. He was unsophisticated in his political dealings. A statement, understatement if you will. Um and he was just really ill-equipped at leading the country. Obviously. Yeah. This all comes to a head in 1789 when nearly a thousand French uh, workers and peasants storm a prison in Bastille, and uh, equip themselves with guns and ammunition.
1: Well, they storm the prison to like break people out.
0: And get guns and ammunition. Oh, like and that's where they're yeah, yeah, keeping yeah, yeah, all the guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yes. it. Okay. So they're basically like, "Hey, militia motherfuckers!" It's
1: like prison slash armory. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Yes. yes. Um. And so this is an event that historians indicate marks the beginning of the French Revolution. A few months later, three, four months later. Wait,
1: wait. A few months later. What what happens when this happens? Like,
0: um, it is noted there starts to be some like. Insurrection fomented. Sure. I would imagine people in the palace are like,
1: that seems bad. But then they just like brush it off?
0: It um, ish. Okay. Yeah. So they start reaching out to their other political alliances saying, hey, these things are happening. We have a little concern, but they're not too worried. Until December, or no, October of that year, when 10,000 people gather on their front lawn and demand that the king and queen and family be brought to paris
1: ah that seems real bad
0: yeah so it's not great uh but apparently at this point the queen is to have said quote they are going to force us to go to paris the king and me preceded by the heads of our bodyguards on pikes which is straight up exactly what happened
1: oh wow okay
0: so these ten thousand people storm versailles they kill a bunch of bodyguards um and put their heads on pikes and parade the king queen to Paris.
1: Oh, so this was not like a, we are going to demand this political action. It's like, hi, we are coming and killing everyone who's protecting you. And we are marching you there.
0: That's Yes, that's what they did. And
1: and when they walked up, she was like, they are going to kill everyone protecting us, march us there. And then they killed everyone protecting them and march in there. Mm-hmm, Got it.
0: Mm-hmm. It was not
1: a mystery. Okay. It's
0: not a mystery. But so they make it to Paris. Somehow, King Louis Sixteenth. Becomes even more indecisive. It's noted at this time that Marie Antoinette was, quote, the only man at court. Mm. Which is a pretty fucking badass thing for <laughs> queen to be considered at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, not a bad look. Um, yeah. Not great circumstances.
0: She does not yield her power for good or wield her power for good. She Wait, does not. At this point, they, you would think she's just like doing what it takes to survive. Mm. No, she's not doing what it takes to survive. She is (laughs) leveraging a number of alliances uh, that she's established, mostly through this puppet mastering. Okay. um, As well as giving loans to fund foreign wars in an attempt to save the monarchy. Smithsonian Magazine tells a story like this. She dashed off letters in cipher and invisible ink to other European sovereigns, pleading with them to invade France and shore up the king's crumbling authority. But to no avail. She... She's
1: writing letters asking other countries to invade to put down this... Insert to keep them the king and queen.
0: Wow. That's exactly what she's doing. Um, and at one point, she manages to win over an influential, influential legislator, um, convincing this person that it is a worthwhile cause to preserve the monarchy, uh, while at the same time devising a contingency plan to flee, uh, to flee Paris. To get near Austrian-controlled Netherlands. Because she knows if any of this goes bad, they will put their heads on pikes.
1: Well, yes.
0: Yeah. uh, Turns out, we now know, and the Assembly soon discovers, that she had planned to mount a counter-revolution. And from there, should it be necessary, she was going to bail. Turns out, ding, 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 it was necessary. Within sure. six months, she had to put her plan into action. Um, but instead of following this advice to go quietly, take two carriages, pack light, get your family out of here.
1: Wait, what, is, what do you mean counter-revolution? So, so the, the French
0: Revolution is bubbling up. They're coming just, for the monarchy. They're sh- sh- battling in the street. They've got royalists protecting the monarchy. And then they've got the uh, Jacobins just and more radical were,
1: folks. When they march them to Paris with their guards' heads on a stick. I just imagine like they're like in prison at this point. They're
0: not yet. So this is the for the first time they get taken to Paris. Yes. They actually are in this palace. They are free to move about. Because oh, so,
1: so they just like looked overlook overlooked the whole like heads on a stick thing and just were like
0: hang where on. Where are they p-? gonna go? Where are they gonna go? Is basically like we've got them in this palace. Got we can it. see them. We know where they so are. So it's not
1: yet like you are in prison type thing it's like oh you're still the king and queen but we just moved you over here yes got it got it got it got it in
0: essence at this point they're trying to negotiate with king louis like come on dude just like be figureheads chill with this taxing people stuff we'll take over we're building this new french assembly it's going to be a republic it's this like democracy just Shut the fuck up with your big wigs. Stop spending so much on dresses. Be
1: ceremonial Mm -hmm. and cut back on the money.
0: Mm -hmm. And um, at this point, they're wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. They're going to mount this big counter-revolution. But if that doesn't work, they're going to flee. It doesn't work. They don't actually mount the counter-revolution yet. So they have to leave.
1: Okay, so, so they are trying... To look like they're playing nice. Pull some strings to get this up in the air. And then they're like, okay, nope, it's not going to
0: happen. So then Marie is like, okay, we're leaving. And everybody's like, just if you're going to leave, do it quietly. Take these two carriages, be normal fucking human beings and just sneak out. And Marie was like. Fuck you. If I don't have a goddamn wine chest, a silver dining set, all of my clothes in this enormous carriage, I will kill myself. (laughs) She doesn't say that. I have no idea what she says. But they put all that into this enormous carriage. Okay. And then the entire royal family dresses like servants and sneaks into this carriage at night. Wait, so like this this caravan of <laughs>
1: servants is now like stealing all this stuff? Right. What's happening? No.
0: Right, 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 right. So,
1: this does not seem like the well thought out plan of somebody who's mm-hmm. had to like undergo a lot of hardship.
0: She has not had a lot of hardship um, and neither has her lover who made the arrangements. He actually had to mortgage his own estate to pay for this carriage. Wait, it was that nice? That nice. They didn't have access to their money anymore, but Mm. she wasn't going down like a regular person. Right, like a commoner. (laughs) Like a commoner. So, at this point, it's late, uh, or it's like mid-19, or mid-1791, okay? The royal family is disguised as servants. They are sneaking out of the castle. Her lover is accompanying them. He's helping lead them there. And, the fact that
1: the king is still just like,
0: well, great. so this is where the king's ego finally does anything at all. At one point, they have to change the horses because it's a big fucking carriage. They need Chevy. Truck.
1: You got to rotate horses. <laughs> you got to rotate point. horses. Yes. Right?
0: And so at one point, while well, the horses are being changed, Furson... Count Axel Von Fersen is like guy. pleading, <laughs> yes, tatted up Von Fersen, is like pleading with King Louis, like, please let me accompany you. I am a an accomplished war general. If we come into any trouble, I can help protect you. I'm very quick on my feet. I have alliances from Paris to All the, the way city, through. People all the way respect me. me. You, whereas
1: you, sir, are a tinkerer, as it's <laughs> established, who's letting me bone your wife next door <laughs> right. for years. Yes. So like
0: mm-hmm. be smart. Yeah, and um King Louis was like this this is the line this is too much for me that's too much that's too right fine. when you need the <laughs> yes. no, you didn't
1: need <sighs> oh my god he did
0: not want to be caught under the protection of his wife's lover
1: sir i got news for you that is the least of your problems <laughs> yes, right yes, now yes.
0: right so unsurprisingly this enormous carriage full of servants and silver catches attention oh
1: somebody's like why are those servants stealing that giant carriage <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the king hey king yes where are you going
0: yes at this point, they've only made it 130 miles. So they are captured by a mob of villagers. And Yeah,
1: because once they get out, people are like, oh, the king escaped. Anybody mm-hmm. see the king? They're like, well, there's this giant carriage of servants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is this the one? Oh, that's the one. Yep. Yep. So they're caught, and they are paraded back through the street. And this time, they are locked in the castle. Mm. There are guards all over the place. This was... A very tranquil couple months for the family. Um, It was also peak caricature time for these pamphleteers. And uh, King Louis has been portrayed as a uh, castrated pig. Mm. Ouch. And uh, Marie is portrayed as this wanton traitor. Okay. All over. Uh, propaganda mounting. They're locked in the castle.
1: All she was trying to do was escape with several million dollars worth of silver into another country to get them to invade and put down this entire mm-hmm. democratic revolution. I mean, what's how the bad, problem? How bad is she really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is, again, a continuation of this new government forming. This pro-democracy assembly is uh, gathering steam. Louis Sixteenth has finally agreed to to publicly legitimize this new constitution that makes them just figureheads.
1: Okay, so he, he uh, he's basically saying, okay, cool, we'll basically do the thing you want. Kind of like uh, Britain is today, yes. UK is today. Yeah, we're like, exactly, he's exactly, like, cool, exactly. we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll just sit
0: in the castle, do our thing. Y'all make the laws,
1: yeah. as long as we're still rich. Mm-hmm, okay,
0: mm-hmm. that's actually not a bad gig for you. Behind the scenes, he fucking hates it. But he is so bad being a leader, that he is getting Marie Antoinette to scam. So she's scamming behind the scenes. Oh, wait, he's she's, not scamming, because, but he's still yes. trying to... She's <sighs> lobbying behind the scenes, calling on moderates in this new assembly to agree that, um, you know, like the monarchy is the way it, it should be, Man, that this new republic is... So
1: many opportunities just to, like, let this thing go.
0: Yeah, she calls this new arrangement, quote... A monster of unworkable absurdities and called the new assembly a heap of blackguards, madmen and beasts, which I assume are fighting words. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't yeah. look it up.
1: Sounds very rude for the times. <laughs> so
0: rude. Um, And basically, that was the last chance that they had to go quietly into the dark.
1: Yeah. The word, word of that got out. Mm-hmm. And like, well, yeah, let's tell you about your other option.
0: What comes next is very loud and dark, Mm -hmm. just not quite and dark. Um, So the king, Mm -hmm. under pressure from the assembly, is forced to declare war on Austria. Wait, what? Yes. So Austria, let me give you a a quick zoom out, is uh, about to attack France Mm -hmm. to take back this section of territory that France has annexed from them and also it is believed, to then rightfully restore the liberty of the royals. Oh. Because you have to remember... So her plan was going to work. Marie is Austrian. Her parents are the emperors. Ah. But under pressure...
1: Mom and dad are coming to, like, mm -hmm, help bail her out. To
0: bail this bitch out again.
1: Wow, okay.
0: And... The assembly assumes mm-hmm. that even though King Louis is publicly saying we're going to go to war with Austria, they're wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Because he totally was. Uh, well, actually, Marie Antoinette yeah, was. Yeah, he was
1: doing nothing mm-hmm. but tinkering with his And lots. so,
0: yep, the assembly assumed that they'd been plotting to make this happen, and they locked them up. They just had assumptions at this point. They couldn't prove it.
1: Wait, they were locked in the castle. Are they, like, locked in jail now at this point?
0: Like, totally. Like, they've stripped of everything. Okay. They are... Prisoners.
1: Do not trust these people anymore.
0: Yep. Uh, a few months later, their letters planning a counter revolution in partnership with the Austrian government were discovered.
1: Oh, inopportune so, moment for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Louis was basically immediately sentenced to death. Oh that he, just right
1: right there. I mean like yeah.
0: Yeah. He spent a final few hours with his family and then was guillotined in front of twenty thousand people. We've got a few months left oh. for Marie Antoinette to like make things right. She does not. Okay, so she still had a chance after all this. Mm -hmm. So she's pretty bummed out. She's broke, alone, she's imprisoned, Um, and once again, she conspires to escape. Only this time, it's discovered before she could even begin to act. She has this royalist... Come deliver her two carnations. In one of the carnations, there's a note that tells her how they're going to get her out. A guard witnesses are like opening the note from this carnation.
1: Opening the flower and reading Mm -hmm. it. And somebody's like, hmm, wonder what this is.
0: So she is put on trial immediately. It's a two-day affair that lasts 36-ish hours. Um, A whole lot of drama happens at this trial, including accusations by her 10-year-old son, who had earlier in the day been caught masturbating in jail. That he was forced to have sex with his mother and aunt. Wait, go back. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scandal. He basically was just like, oh, I'm going to blame people for this. And stone fucking cold. Stone fucking cold. And t- wait, t-
1: this 10-year-old's jerking off in prison. Well, they're all in prison. The family's sure. in prison. Sure, but he's just... Sure. Th- you they, know, he somehow manages... It's,
0: not, his bu- it's but, not our business. But he just meant It is,
1: because he managed to work it into a... Basically, like a war crimes trial against his own mother that
0: same day. Like, that's a quick pivot. Those accusations were very, very, very quickly proven false. Basically, the only accusations at the trial that were false. Oh, okay. Um, she was found guilty of other things, including conspiring with royalists, Austria and Prussia to overthrow the newly formed French assembly. There's, uh, they were able to find proof that she sent tax dollars, like dollars they collected from people, to her brothers-in-law who were in exile while people in France starved to death. Um, it's also clear that she directly managed uh, foreign policy in pursuit of restoring the monarchy, yeah, well, something yeah. this new assembly considered treason. And so, eight months after her husband's beheading, at 38... She was also guillotined. The final indignity being that her body was thrown into a commoner's grave. Following her death, her surviving son, the... Masturbator. Sure. (laughs) The rightful heir to the throne (laughs) died in prison at 10, following a bout of tuberculosis. Uh, And stone cold. Stone cold. I mean, it's just bad all around. And
1: honestly, they had so many opportunities to turn this one around. Feels so like, many. feels so like many. there were a lot yes. of outs.
0: Yes. And her daughter, who um, is the only surviving member of this family, was exiled to Austria, where she married her cousin and then died like six decades later.
1: Oh, worked out great for her. It worked out great for her. I mean, marrying the cousin part's not ideal, but, you know, sure, that's not the worst thing could have happened to a royal.
0: It's, <laughs> it's pretty typical. Um, many historians argue... That, given her vanity and her tendency to indulge in laziness, Marie Antoinette would likely have been fine, absolutely fine, serving as a figurehead of the state. Yeah, of course she would have. But she was... Imagine
1: imagine if you could be queen, Mm -hmm. but instead of having to actually do anything, Mm -hmm. you had to go back to your old life, which you liked better, which was just lazing about being a royal.
0: With less money, but also, yes, still... Point taken.
1: Less money, heaven forbid.
0: Right, right. Uh, But given the political ineptitude of her husband, it could be argued that given her vanity and penchant for indulgence, she used her power in a way that was not beneficial for anyone. She used it to preserve the comforts of her life. She also misjudged how little the people cared for her. Uh, and how little they perceived her to care about them, which they might not have misjudged. She just didn't realize that when you take, 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 you don't give anything, you don't get much in return.
1: Yeah. I'm, sounds like they had a very clear understanding of how she felt about them.
0: Yes. So she was not a callous dictator of any sort. She was misguided and selfish and lazy I mean, and we, when you're leading millions of people, you can't be any of those things. I feel like a
1: dictator in, implies that somebody cares a lot about the particular uh, political workings of the country. I feel like she wanted as much authority and power. She just didn't care that much. She just wanted like the wealth and um, didn't go over so hot.
0: Did not go great. And so that is the unfortunate life of Marie Antoinette, which was a lot more fortunate than the people who starved to death. Or those who died on the street during the French Revolution. Yeah. That's what made way for Napoleon, which you can remember what a stand-up fellow he was. All right, well, that's this week's episode. You can find us on social media. Let us know what you think at Your Heroes Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or
1: on the Internet at HTTPS colon double forward slash www dot com. That's heroes, H E R O E S. That's the special,
0: the accurate, accurate spelling accurate of way heroes. To spell. <laughs> um so yeah let us know what you think if you have someone you would like for us to feature on this podcast there's a form on the website to let us know who you think we should uh be destroying
1: yeah if there's an episode for our entertainment yes if there's a previous episode of the podcast that you would like us to delete from the feed let us know as well we'll ignore you but yeah, always you can good to go hear fuck
0: yourself <laughs> at this <Yes>. point <laughs> uh
1: and until next week uh don't be a hero
0: yeah never be a hero bye